Welcome to Decoding the Customer, a podcast about customer experience and how to realize customer-centric change in today's dynamic business world. I'm Julia Allfelt, Certified Customer Experience Professional, Business Advisor, and your host as we explore topics, trends, and best practices that are enabling brands to thrive in the age of the customer. Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're a regular listener, thank you, and it's great to have you back. This is episode 80, the third episode for April 2020. Returning listeners will know that this show includes different types of episodes released each week throughout the month. Every month, I normally feature an expert interview or a CX case study, something to inspire and spark thinking, while the rest of the month, we dive deep into the practical how-tos in the CX Mini Masterclass episodes. Today, I'm sharing a conversation that I recently had with Michelle Morris, seasoned CX leader and customer experience design partner with Verizon Business Group. In her current role at Verizon, Michelle helps the company's business customers create better customer experiences for their customers. She's a certified customer experience professional, or a CCXP, just like I am, as well as a lean Six Sigma black belt, which I am not. Prior to joining Verizon, She's led multiple CX organizations at several leading global brands, including the laser printer and imaging product manufacturer, Lexmark, where she spearheaded the creation of their CX team, and with the global accounting firm, Crow, where her work as a CX leader earned her accolades. Speaking of which, Michelle has received many awards for her work in customer experience including the esteemed CX Impact Award for Outstanding Practitioner in 2014, as well as the CX Innovation Award for her unique work titled Pay It Forward, Improvements in Customer Experience Through Employee Engagement, something we explored during our conversation. Her work has been cited in more than 20 industry publications, including a featured case study by Forrester titled The CX Transformation Success Secrets of Crow, published in May of 2019. Even though her career is diverse and spans many industries, our conversation honed in specifically on some of her achievements while at Crow, probably because these have been so well-documented and recognized. Michelle has also been serving as a board member for the Customer Experience Professionals Association since January of 2020. Although her passion today is customer experience, her roots as a chemical engineer with six patents adds innovation, creativity, and passion to her work. I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but it's important to remember that customer experience is a relatively new field of work. We're all still learning about how to most effectively help organizations through their customer-centric evolution. For this reason, it's great to speak with one of the people who has been in the game since the beginning and get rich insights on what's changed, what hasn't, and where the industry's headed. During our conversation, Michelle and I dive into the critical success factors for making customer-centric change stick, approaches for calculating the return on investment of customer experience, including what Michelle calls the 4R model, and some ideas for those who are interested in pursuing a career in customer experience. So if you're looking for some insight, inspiration, and practical advice from an acclaimed CX leader who has been working in this field for just about as long as anyone can say they have, then stay tuned. A summary of the insights from my conversation with Michelle will be available in the show notes for this episode, which are on my website, julia-allfelt.com or 
decodingthecustomer.com. Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. You've been working in customer experience for many years, but that wasn't where you started your career. Can you share a little bit about how you found customer experience as a profession or how it found you? Yes, absolutely. It definitely found me. And so I'd be happy to share my background. The first 15 years of my career, I am a chemical engineer by degree. And so I was in a traditional engineering role developing products. Uh, actually had some background prior to development in process engineering and then moved into developing products for probably close to 10 years. And as a result of all of those years of product development, I often found myself frustrated in the fact that I had poured everything into developing a product, but never really knew what the customers thought about it at the end of it. So oftentimes would ask questions of my management chain to ask whether or not people liked the products that myself and my team were developing. And I think ultimately that questioning was part of what got me to my overnight change in my career where the vice president of our division, where I formerly worked, actually came to me and said, hey, I have an opportunity I'd like for you to consider to start a customer experience organization. And I was like, okay, I don't even know what those two words mean. And he said, neither do I, but we'll do it together. And so I jumped and shifted at that point in time. That was back in 2008 and haven't really looked back since. Started customer experience organization at that company and then have since been many different capacities and organizations working and leading customer experience. It definitely found me, but I certainly would not be the person and the professional I am without customer experience. I wouldn't want to go back. I speak with many people in the field that say the same. It's a calling. And once you get involved with this field of work, and if you fall in love with it, it's your passion, then it's hard to think about your life doing anything else. Exactly. Exactly. How do you think your background in chemical engineering has helped you be an effective CX leader? Well, I actually think it's a great platform, if you will, or a foundation for customer experience. Chemical engineers, like all engineers, are problem solvers and process people and utilize the rigor to accomplish an objective. And those are very much characteristics of what we need in customer experience. So I would definitely say my process background, I'm a Lean Six Sigma black belt. And so that requires a lot of different methodologies to problem solve, as well as make effective change. Those are strong characteristics, I think, that have really allowed me to make some great changes in customer experience. I do think as CX leaders, we have to carefully think about not only the technical aspects of our role, but we also have to be able to be good listeners and be able to communicate and 
connect with other people. And so I think those characteristics also are certainly represented within chemical engineering. People may not always think about engineers as being people kinds of a profession. However, you absolutely have to be able to work with a lot of different kinds of people in your engineering profession in order to make a change. I also think of engineers as oftentimes being very thorough and thoughtful with the way that they approach things, which I think is something that's important in the customer experience field, particularly if like you, you're involved with major scale customer-centric change and transformation within businesses helping them achieve their CX goals. It's great to have a background that encourages being thoughtful and methodical and and process-oriented. What advice would you give to any CXers out there who are just starting their career or possibly looking to get involved in customer experience? So if they're starting their career in something else, but they just have that always curious about the experience that customers get because people rarely start their career in CX, right? Yeah. There's no degree that you can get in customer experience right now. So if you're just starting your career and you're graduating with a degree in economics or marketing or something, and you've taken a class and you're interested in getting involved in customer experience or you're a couple of years into your career and you've been involved with a customer experience related project and it's something you want to pursue, what kinds of things would you look to do? So a lot of young professionals don't exit college with a career in customer experience, but like it found me, it can find other people. And so I've actually had People who come to me and say, I want to do what you do. How do I get started in that? What could I do? So what I often share with people is that I encourage them to do it from the position that they're in already. For instance, if you're in an inside position, maybe within a marketing organization or business, everyone has the ability to affect the customer experience within their organization. And so I help them connect the dots. What can you do to improve the customer experience? And then usually it gets people thinking about it. I recall a woman that I used to work with. She was passionate about customer experience. And she ultimately really made some differences within her part of the organization and then led others within her part of the organization to create change and more positive customer experiences. So I think you can do it from wherever you are in the organization. But if you really are looking for a longer-term career in customer experience, I encourage people to check out the CXPA, the Customer Experience Professionals Association, because there's a lot of resources that are publicly available to really understand more about the customer experience profession and the different aspects of it. So you can approach this from a lot of different ways if you are interested in CX. I think that's a great tip to look for where you can get involved within your current job. I mean, every single person within an organization or business has some impact on the resulting customer experience. If not, then you kind of start to 
wonder about job security, but everybody ultimately impacts the customer. So no matter what you're doing, you should be able to be involved in some way in customer experience. And that's a great way to just get that first experience and then build from there and do some self-study and learn. Absolutely. So you've been working in customer experience since the very early days, 2008. That's about the earliest that I've heard of any organization creating a formalized customer experience team. You've since gone on to work for a whole bunch of different companies in different industries, leading the charge with customer experience change and transformation. What are the key success factors for helping organizations become truly customer-centric? It's very interesting to reflect back in, you know, the last 12 years and how this industry of customer experience has changed and how it's grown and gotten a lot more attention. However, I will say those success factors to help organizations become truly customer-centric, I'm not sure those have really changed from the beginning. So the few things that I'll mention, and there's obviously a lot of bodies of work around this, but I think there's a few things that come to mind when you think about what makes organizations become more customer-centric. The first one is that you have to have an executive leader at the top of your organization that truly believes in customer experience and is willing to invest in customer experience and put money into it. Now, I'm not saying that there's not an expected return because I think that's a hot topic right now, but they are definitely willing to invest in this. And so having a leader who cares about customer experience and is not just inwardly focused is the first thing. I actually heard Many years ago, someone say, this was to a group of customer experience professionals, if your CEO or your board or the leadership of your company isn't really investing and caring about customer experience, you're beating your head against a wall because you're not going to make a lot of progress. I think that's a strong statement, but I definitely believe to really ultimately get to an organization that is customer-centric, you got to have a leader who believes in that. I mean, do you think it's possible to win over the hearts and minds of executives that might be skeptical? I do think it's possible, but it can be time consuming. And so I think it depends on where they are in this. If they're at a place of, yeah, it sounds good, right? To make customers to be our primary focus, of course, that sounds good, but care more about the widget of the day or what their earnings are going to be in the next quarter and put customer experience and the experience that they're creating for their customers towards the bottom of their priority list, it sounds good. So I do think it depends on the executive. This is one of those cases where you really have to look at good change management principles to understand if it is possible for your executive to get from point A to point B and make that shift and change. Some companies just aren't willing to do it though. They're just not. Some executives aren't. You've got to have the right mindset there for sure. You do. So that would be one success factor is leadership and leadership at the top. I think another part of helping 
organizations become customer centric is actually to involve everyone in the company. So leaders can care and can mandate it, but it is getting everyone in the company to actually believe that it's important. And that's not a small undertaking. Actually having that grassroots effort is key. It's a huge undertaking. Right. But if you think about it, if everybody for an existing company believes in the mission that we're here to actually create great experiences for our customers and they're empowered to do that and have the ability to make great decisions so that ultimately affects the customer experience, then it's no longer just a message coming from leadership. Everybody believes it. It's part of who you are and what you deliver as an employee day in and day out. So I think another really key part of this is really getting everyone involved. The third success factor, I think if you've got an executive who believes in customer experience, and then you are really rallying all of your organization to believe in customer experience, as CX professionals, we have to really have a good plan in place in order to achieve that. And so understanding where you are as an organization in your maturity. So utilizing maturity models or indexes, assessments to understand where you are is a key. And then really putting a plan in place to achieve and get to the next level that I think is a huge success factor in helping your company move forward. It's important to know where you are and where you want to go. Otherwise, you can just end up spinning your wheels which is no good. I'd like to shift gears and focus in on a specific aspect of your work while you were at Crow, which is a large accounting firm. And that's building the business case for customer experience. I know that your work has been highlighted in some formalized case studies of global best practices. This is a key area of focus for customer experience professionals, as we all know that we need to demonstrate the value to the business if we want customer experience to become or remain a strategic priority. I get questions all the time about how to do this. Can you share a little bit about how you quantified the ROI of customer experience while you were at Crow? When I joined Crow and was looking at customer experience and really that where am I and where do I want to go? One of the parts that was certainly on our radar was that people thought client experiences, which is what we call it at Crow, improving client experience would be beneficial, but there were certainly people who weren't convinced. And so I would get questions like, why should I spend my time on this? Or this seems like a lot of extra work that won't pay back or there are so many other things to focus on that I know will drive more revenue. This just isn't important. Or we're already doing great. Our customers are satisfied. So focusing on this won't make a difference. And so what if we don't get the highest scores? My clients are happy. So I saw this over and over again, You know, not with the larger part of the population, but certainly with a portion of it. And so My team and I really felt like it was important to use facts to convince everyone that this 
improving customer experience thing would be beneficial to everyone. And so that's where the ROI came in to play and calculating that. You know, at Crow, what we were able to do was to really take populations of our clients that were annuity-based clients, and we were able to look at their revenue in a period of time. We were able to match up their customer experience scores the top level score that we use, we didn't use net promoter score there, but we used an index of something that we called engagement. So we were able to look at the top level of engagement index with the population of clients, and we were able to watch that over time. And what we knew and could find is that those clients that were at the top level of engagement, as we measured it, they had the highest revenue growth over time. If they were less than the top, we had various levels of engagement. If they were not at the top level, they would grow, but they certainly would grow in revenue at a slower rate than those that were at the top level. And if they were at the bottom level of engagement, we saw a loss of revenue from those clients as a population. Again, not individuals, but as a group. And so looking at those factors, it just told you right away that revenue growth came from those clients that were the most engaged, the most satisfied with us over time. Were you able to connect back specific actions or interventions or activities on the part of the CX team to a change in the engagement index? Yeah, so it's a great question. And this is one that often CX professionals have the hardest time with. There's a couple things that we could look at. One, in the professional services business and accounting professional services business like Crow is in, is actually the number of hours that you apply towards a client that are what are called billable hours. Those billable hours were something that we could actually measure and look at and say, if you have a certain number of billable hours towards a client and your client scores come back and are very high engagement levels, what does that look like? What we were able to see is that the billable hours and the actual connection with engagement, engagement increased we actually saw the profitability of those clients increase as well. So again, using the business's measures for what's important for a client was actually the way to get back to it. That was another really key part of ROI. But when we look at other initiatives that the CX team would work on, like that grassroots effort I was describing to you earlier, What we were able to do is look at the annual survey that went out to our employees and actually understand whether or not we were making an impact on customer experience. So one of the questions within our survey was really about the company's commitment to client experience is apparent in actions as well as words. That was one of the questions. And what we were able to see is that as we affected customer experience in all of our efforts, 
that score actually went up as did the scores of our customers going up. So we saw this parallel effort. If people believe that the company's commitment to customer experience goes up, so does our customer experience scores. Now, that's like a very lagging indicator, right? It's very after the fact. But nevertheless, it was something that really helped us over time see that we were at least on the right track. That's great, though. If you're able to connect those things and really draw a connection between the employee experience and employee buy-in at an aggregate client engagement, I think that's very powerful. Once you start to measure some of these things, you're able to talk about it with other executives and you get to show that the work you've been doing is making a difference. So continue to invest in this. So you can use it as kind of a snowball type of an effect. You know, in the attitudes that you were mentioning earlier, some of the skepticism around customer experience, none of that is unique to Crow or when business. Those are attitudes that all of us see everywhere. Customer experience is a relatively new thing and you bring something new and people are going to be skeptical. You ask them to change the way they're doing things, they're going to push back. So I think those are all really normal attitudes towards something new and different. Agree. And, you know, it is part of the change. Not everyone is fast to make changes to get to the next level, but taking a good systematic approach and measuring along the way definitely helps to move an organization forward. And then using that to make the case and win over the hearts and minds. I would like to ask you about the client advocacy piece. I think a lot of CX professionals out there, they've been working very hard on how do you create the connection between a client engagement index or a satisfaction index or MPS or whatever and improved revenue and making that connection. But I don't think that as many CX professionals out there have tapped into the value of customer advocacy as part of their business case for customer experience. Can you share a little bit about how you were able to do that at Crow and build that into the business case there? There were four things that we looked at when we were looking at the return on investment for the business, why they should invest in customer experience. And one of them had to do with advocacy. But I'm going to systematically talk about what I call the four R's of ROI. One of them was revenue which is what I described earlier. The second one is about recognition. And that is where customers more frequently recognized the people who were delivering customer experience for their efforts. So if we gave our customers the opportunity to say, has anyone from Crow gone above and beyond to help you and deliver a great customer experience. And when they recognized very specific people for those efforts, they gave us higher top-level scores. So that was a very important measure. The third R is about reputation. And really what we knew is that our top-level scored clients were much more likely to recommend Crow than if they weren't the top level score. And so we're able to really kind of connect that recommendation and reputation that our customers were talking about out there in the market space. And then the fourth R 
is something that we measured called realization. And realization really is about profitability within the professional services space. And what we were able to measure is that the average realization or the average profitability of our clients actually increased if they were our top-level clients. Top-level in terms of the engagement score. Exactly. Top-level in terms of the engagement score. So the engagement score was lower. They were actually less profitable. And likely that's just because it takes more time to serve a client that's not as happy. I do think if you're either doing rework or you're having to follow back up or having multiple meetings, there is definitely a cost associated with delivering less than perfect customer experiences. It's cost for the business. Those are the four R's of return on investment of why it was important for Crow to really continue to focus on customer experience revenue, recognition, reputation, and realization. And I think that's a great framework if I'm a CX professional out there thinking about how do I tackle ROI. Those are things that really pretty much anybody could look at and consider as they're building their story for what's the business case for customer experience in the context of my organization. This is one of the key parts. I've talked about these four R's in many other circles before, and others nod their head, but it's hard to get to the data behind it as a CX professional. That's the hard part. You can set it up, but getting to the data is the hard part. And that's where I think partnering with the financial part of your organization, your CFO and your financial experts within your organization, and letting them kind of help you and create what is the data that's available and how can we tie it together with the customer experience data. That's where the key is. This didn't happen overnight. This was something that took a while for us as a CX team to actually create these metrics. But once we did, we had them. And it was a story that we were able to share. Yeah, building relationships with other cross-functional team members who have access to insights that can help you build your ROI story is really important because customer experience professionals might have access to the customer-facing data, but the data that reveals the impact on the business bottom line is something that CX professionals might not have access to. So it's important to make friends with people in finance or wherever that information sits. And maybe through those conversations, you can teach them a little bit about customer experience and do some cross-functional knowledge sharing. Very much so. I'd like to switch gears again. Of all the customer experience competencies, I know that you have an affinity towards culture. You mentioned earlier the importance of having everybody involved in customer experience and driving customer experience at a grassroots level. During all of your years working in customer experience, what have you seen as the most effective way to rally leadership support for customer experience? The ways that I have done it is to really help promote where it's already going well. So you brag about where it's already going well. It may seem a little devious, if you will, but good old-fashioned peer pressure is sometimes the best way to actually make leaders really want to engage in the effort of improving customer experience. So 
one of the things that I and the leaders at Crow did is we put together this governance structure where there were leaders from multiple parts of the business that actually would come together on a regular basis to look at what they were doing as individual business units to improve the customer experience. And some of the business units were doing great and others were doing okay. But what we were able to do is really kind of boast about the ones that were doing great and share that throughout the organization. Also, there was just some really good sharing amongst the team members, like what's working for you and what's not working. And so those ways were really good to be able to get people all working together on this. That's great. And maybe tap into a little bit of friendly competition between business unit leaders. I think that many of the people who find themselves in senior leadership roles within the corporate world, for example, are people that have a little bit of a competitive streak in them too. So tapping into that a little bit and getting people to push each other to want to rally around customer experience. I think that's really smart. Right. And I also think if you help a leader, whatever motivates a leader, some people, it is that competitive nature. But whatever motivates them, find what motivates them, figure that out, and then really tap into that motivation. That's the way to get people to focus on customer experience. So at the top of our conversation, you mentioned getting leadership buy-in and grassroots support as two of the three critical success factors. What are some of the strategies that you've seen that have been effective for getting buy-in at a grassroots level? Because it's a little bit different when you're looking at how do you get buy-in from executives and then turning around and saying, okay, how do you get buy-in from everybody else in the organization? What have you seen that works really well? This is the hard one because it's very challenging. So at a grassroots level, there's a few things. The first one that comes to mind is communication. You cannot over-communicate customer experience. Anybody would tell you that. Getting that buy-in at a grassroots level really requires you to partner with all of your communication channels throughout the organization so that you're constantly putting it in front of everyone. Not that it's a project or initiative of the month or year, but it's just part of how you do your job. So that requires a lot of communication. So that would be one thing. A second thing in getting that buy-in is really helping people to understand how they ultimately affect the customer experience. And so there's education that goes into that. And at Crow, we invested a lot in actually educating our people to know how as individuals, they could improve customer experience. Depending upon your role or your job, and your tenure, there's definitely different approaches to that. So a very systematic approach to looking at each level, each type of job, and what types of things that were examples of delivering a great customer experience and what were examples of just a good customer experience. So helping people to really understand how to get it to that next level. So education was a huge part of that. And we have at Crow, part of our organization is about educating new employees So people that join your company, we start from the very beginning. What does that mean to deliver a great customer experience? 
The third thing I would say, and this is kind of that feedback loop, is that people have to realize that if they do deliver a good customer experience, it's actually recognized. And so we put in place at Crow something that was a way for all employees to be recognized for the customer experiences that they were delivering. That recognition is just a reinforcement that what they're delivering is working. And so it promotes kind of this nice cycle of wanting to continue to deliver great customer experiences because you get this recognition and feedback out of it. Absolutely. And I think from what I read about the example at Crow, because you guys ended up winning a CXPA Innovation Award for this work, which is fantastic. It was also a really great way to engage some team members who are behind the scenes. So we were speaking earlier about the importance of helping people get connected with how they impact customer experience, even if they're not customer facing, which is so important. And it sounds like what you guys did achieve that and reinforced it. We did. I mean, the program is called the Pay It Forward program at Crow. It was really kind of a test to say, hey, is this one way that we can actually affect that grassroots level? But essentially what it is, is that the survey process where we would send a survey out to our customers, it allows for the customer to actually recognize a person at Crow who's gone above and beyond. And that had been in place for many years. And what we did with this Pay It Forward program was we actually then took and gave the ability of the person who received that recognition from the client. Let's just say the person's name was John. John from Crow did a great job of delivering customer experience. John now had the ability to actually say, hey, it wasn't just me. It was also these other people on my team or even these people who behind the scenes may have actually enabled me to deliver that to that customer. So that program of creating this ability to spread the kudos, to spread the recognition, allowed within a very short period of time, almost everyone in the firm, like two-thirds of the people at the company, actually received recognition either directly from a client or through that pay it forward process. And so what started out as this test project actually became something that is still in place at Crow today because of the amount of recognition that was promoted through all of the employees. That's amazing. I mean, the ability to engage two-thirds of the organization in how they affect customer experience is fantastic. There are many organizations out there where it's just a fraction of the total employee base that really understands their impact on customer experience. And then, you know, the deeper you get into the org chart, the harder it can be to draw those connections. So I think that's really cool. I think that's a great idea and sounds like it made a big difference. It did make a difference, not only for the employees and how they felt, but it also made a difference in the engagement level of our clients. So again, if you remember, that top level of engagement was what we were ultimately trying to achieve. And through this change, as one part of the change, those efforts, 
we were able to really sustain a double-digit increase in the percentage of fully engaged clients. And so we saw those two things go hand in hand. Employees felt when they were being recognized by their leadership and being recognized by their clients and made that connection, there was also an increase in client satisfaction overall. So those two things really do work hand in hand. And when you're making the case for customer experience, value to the business, being able to come back and say, hey, here's a double digit increase in client engagement, that's pretty powerful. So you've been involved with the CXPA pretty much from day one, and you're now a member of the board. How do you think the CXPA supports customer experience professionals? I've been a member since the beginning, and I can't stress how important the CXPA has been in my own career and advancing what I do on a day-to-day basis within SEAC. So I go back to the values that stand up a brand, those core values that a company stands for. And I think the core values of the CXPA really speak to exactly what the CXPA is about and how it helps professionals. So the first value is that we're connected and that there is strength and diversity. I believe the CX profession, maybe even more so than others, brings people like me who are chemical engineers and people from all over the world that come from varying backgrounds to be able to come together about the customer experience. So I think that connectedness is really the key. The second value is about being authentic and having excellence from the inside. It is the thing that I was drawn to most when I joined the CXPA is that we're all people trying to improve the world, if you will, through customer experience. And so you have to be who you are and act with integrity and build trustworthy relationships with each other by being yourself. So authenticity is so important. And then the third value is to be a champion and that passion fuels growth. If you've ever met a CX professional, we're all very passionate people who want to really make sure that we inspire other people to grow in delivering better customer experiences for our companies. Those core values, I think, connected, authentic, be a champion are what the CXPA is all about in helping customer experience professionals. We're both working in this field that is changing rapidly. It's one that's evolved a whole lot over the last 10 to 12 years. What do you think is next on the horizon for the customer experience profession as a whole? Honestly, with the new coronavirus pandemic and the changes that are going to change not only our day-to-day today, but probably for the future, I think is something that the CXPA is looking at as well. But I will go back to those core values don't change. So when I think about what's on the horizon, how do we stay connected? Maybe that looks a little more virtual, or we at least provide virtual capabilities for CXPA members. Another aspect would be how do we really change the next generation of upcoming CX professionals? So I think investing in our colleges and putting in place customer experience degrees and programs that are really going to help business 
students to become customer experience professionals certainly is another thing on the rise. So we're not done trying to change the perception that leaders at corporations have about customer experience. So that's going to be ongoing work probably forever. So being able to arm our customer experience professionals with the ability to have really frank conversations with their leaders and make the case for customer experience is definitely on the horizon. Fantastic. Well, I know for me personally, as a member of the CXP, I've found it to be a great community to be a part of, a great place to learn. And it's fantastic to have leaders like you on the board helping chart the course for what's next for this professional association that supports so many people around the world. Well, thank you. It's an honor, honestly, to be able to serve on this board. And I'm humbled by it because I get to hang out with people who are brilliant and like-minded with me in trying to make better experiences for customers around the world. We will all look forward to seeing what's next from the CXPA. And in the meantime, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Julia. Thank you for listening to my interview with Michelle Morris. I hope that our conversation provided some inspiration about how to drive sustainable customer-centric change. From Michelle's insights, it's clear that CX leaders need to focus on engaging buy-in both at the top of the organization as well as at a grassroots level. It's not a question of either or, but both. I really appreciated hearing about Michelle's team strategy for calculating the ROI of customer experience. This is a huge challenge for CX leaders the world over, and her 4R model provides a framework that nearly anyone can adapt. But remember, whichever way you decide to go about quantifying the business case for customer experience, it's important to identify collaborators within your organization who can help you get the data you need. And finally, I'm pleased to see experienced leaders like Michelle helping to define the future of the Customer Experience Professionals Association an association that is dedicated to helping support and evolve the future of our industry. If you're enjoying the podcast, I invite you to share the program with others or head on over to iTunes and rate the program. This helps others discover the show. I'll be back every Thursday this month with new CX Mini Masterclass episodes. These episodes are designed to be punchy, bite-sized overviews of key customer experience concepts and practical approaches that you can use. So be sure to listen in or subscribe for updates when new shows go live. If you are looking for help realizing customer-centric change in your organization, please don't hesitate to get in touch. My contact details are on my website, or you can reach me on LinkedIn and Twitter. My handle is at Julia Altfeld.